0: You're listening to the Gamer Podcast, I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week we're talking about the Multiverse's Closed Alpha, a preview of The Quarry, and a review of Hard Space Shipbreaker. Let's go! Welcome to the show... Accompanied by two gamer kings, Izzy Vanderveld, George Foster. Hello. Bow to us. Uh, It is officially summer. Uh, June has begun. No, by the time you're listening to this, June is about to begin. Uh, The summer of Morbius. (laughs) (laughs) Morb time. It's time to morb all summer long. There was a Twitch stream that was up for like 14 hours yesterday that was just playing Morbius over and over.
1: Mm. And then that, that one got taken down. And another one has taken its place.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Top stories of the week. First of all, I want to talk about uh, the PlayStation, the PlayStation Plus drama because it makes my, my GD blood boil, boys. (laughs) I'm so sick of PlayStation Nickel and Diamond folks over here. It's very frustrating. So keep doing it as well, don't they? They've done (sighs) so much like recently. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's run through this, the, the history really quick. So PlayStation plus obviously is relaunching. They're combining PlayStation on PlayStation plus into one three tier service, Mm -hmm. which is uh, a little bit confusing for everyone. A little hard to wrap your mind around what uh, the price is and what all those tiers are and everything. Um, uh, It gets a little more confusing when you consider the, the people that are getting grandfathered in based on the, the time that they had already purchased either with PlayStation plus or PlayStation now credit, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you go to the drugstore and you buy one of those cards and it gives you a month or three months or whatever, people were buying those to save money on the relaunch because you could buy however many months or years and it would be cheaper. We saw the same thing happen with game pass. Yeah. Um, When they combined with EA, right. You could buy EA's, I don't even remember what it's called now. EA Play? EA Play. Yeah, you could buy EA Play months and it would convert into Game Pass months and you could save some money. This is just a thing that people do. Well, Sony doesn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Really doesn't like that. Um, So the first thing that they did is they put out this very convoluted chart that showed the exact conversion and it wasn't going to be if you bought three months, you get three months. It was like, if you bought three months, you actually get 22 days at this tier, 18 days at this tier, and 12 days at this tier for every single uh, permutation. Like if you bought uh, PlayStation Now three months, it was worth this many days. If you bought PlayStation Plus three months, it was worth that many days. To make sure that not a single person took advantage of the system, right? (laughs) Because because Sony needs to be really careful, you know they can't let people just save ten dollars. It reeks of the um,
1: the Horizon Forbidden West upgrade thing. Yeah, where like if you bought the PS4 version uh, digitally or in store, it was like ten dollars cheaper, and you would be right. upgraded to the PS5 version for free. So the only thing buying the PS5 version did was give you the PS5 box and disc. Yes. And they, yeah, they, they made that convoluted as hell. So, so many people just bought the PS5 version outright when they had Millions. no reason to. Millions. Mm. And yeah, and arguably the PS4 version on disc is more valuable because that would work on PS4s on and in PS5s. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, it actually should have been the other way around.
2: Can't wait for this again when Ragnarok comes out because you know they're just going to fuck it up again.
1: Oh, no, they've just said from now on if you want to upgrade it's $10, that's it. Yeah. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: For first party games anyway, I
0: think third party it's down to developer discretion. Horizon was the last game that had the free upgrade or whatever. Yeah. And they hid it. <laughs> um, but, like, come on, Izzy, what would happen if people saved a few dollars? You know, could you imagine?
1: Uh, I, you know, if, uh, I'd, I'd like, probably spend it on more PlayStation games, if I'm being honest, if I saved a few bucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they're
1: really just shooting themselves in the
0: foot. I mean, all these people that bought months or maybe even years just to save a few bucks, like, obviously fuck them.
1: Oh yeah, I don't know if we've actually said properly like what the the news right now of this is. Is so all the people I think it was only happening to PlayStation Plus users in um, certain parts of Asia, but basically if you if you were one of these people who bought like four, five, six like months, years in advance of um PlayStation Now, they were saying, okay, um, we're not giving you that discount that you like we're not giving you PS Plus at the discounted rate uh you have to pay the full price for it because P- like having all the ps now essentially saved you like 50 percent. i think they were like no you have to pay the full price of the premium tier and you have to pay it all up front in one go like they right. weren't going to do it as a monthly thing it was like you have to just pay it like pay the, the whole difference. thing right. yeah pay the difference now to guarantee your subscription they've since they then doubled down on it and they then U-turned on it, saying yes. like, oh no, that was an error. Um, I think... Forgive us. It's Yeah, Sony clarifies, in inverted commas, uh, <laughs> yeah. that PS Plus discount controversy was down to a technical error. Which is Sony um, clarifies, because oh, yeah, you idiots please.
0: keep And, and just to be them. clear, yeah. just to be clear, they did change this for everyone while they were still selling the old cards. There's only a small fraction of people that even got through this little loophole. Like they were trying to screw the people that got through the loophole, but every, everybody else still has, has this weird prorated thing where if you had, if you tried to buy a certain number of months of PS plus, it gets converted down into less days. They haven't doubled back on that. Mm -hmm. Like that is still how it works. What they only, the only thing that they reversed course on was that they were making the people that got through before they, initiated that that pay structure. The people that bought them before that, they were trying to make them pay the difference. Yeah. Which is an ex- has to be a very small minority of people.
1: Yeah, it does just reek of like penny pinching and just like pettiness. Yeah. It's just like yeah. come it's on. It's so say.
0: petty. Like cuz they were a, It's like an ego thing. Like nobody <laughs> gets one over on Sony. Yeah. Like it yeah. can't be about the money. It really it can't be about the money. Right? Sony like, that that seems really so desperate. They're cocky Everything. almost now. It's so but tacky
2: because they succeeded so much on like, in the PS4s generation, and because the PS5, so like sought after, mm. they always have this air of like, "Well, we can't lose. We're too big to fail." Like, and, that, yeah. and then they pull off shit like this, and they get away with it. And they keep. They will.
0: Yeah, the, the, there's been a lot of really like anti-player shit this generation from Sony. That's uh, really put a bad taste in my mouth. Like. As you mentioned sure. the horizon thing, but just the 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 whole next gen upgrade program in the first place. Like we see what Microsoft's doing with Smart Delivery, and it's just like, yeah, just buy the game, whatever. Is it on old <laughs> Xbox? Is it on new Xbox? Like you bought the game, it's fine. You like that's common sense. Uh, but Sony's not doing that. It just
1: it just speaks to Sony's very backwards view, an ironically backwards view on backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. Well, like, they just really don't seem to give too much of a shit about it. Like, we've seen some patents and stuff that make it look like they're investing more into that area. And it's like, you know, you would, we can dream that come the PS6, you'll be able to put, like, any PlayStation disc into a PS6 and just play a game. But, doubtful.
0: Probably not going to happen, yeah. No. Uh, get your shit together, Sonny. Okay. Um, <laughs> Norman Reedus. Beloved our beloved Norman uh leaked Death Stranding 2 in one of the funniest interviews I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've still not actually read it yet. I've just seen the <laughs> of
2: it. He's literally just like, yeah, we're working
0: on two. <laughs> he very casually on. announces that they're working on Death Stranding 2. And when he's asked about how because he's being interviewed by a movie magazine right it's like variety or something
2: yeah yeah oh it and, a leo leo sank i think
0: okay that uh, movie people are always act like games are like this newfangled thing that's very mysterious yeah, and so every time they talk to actors they're like and you did a video game how did that happen <laughs> like well i have an agent right like, so he like broadly re- recounts like well i like uh I know Guillermo, and then PT was a thing in Silent Hill, and he hooked me up with Kojima. But it was so funny because he was like, and then when uh, Kojima showed me what he was doing for Silent Hill, I was blown away. It's like this ain't Miss Pac Man. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, man, you're right. We've come a long way from uh, Tetris.
2: What's What's funny as well is that. This isn't, like, the first time he's done this. Like, I think it was late last year he said, like, it's being negotiated. And everyone kind of just, everyone always assumes, I think, kind of, probably unfairly that he has no idea what he's talking about. That you go, oh, he's probably confused. He probably means (laughs) Kojima's next big idiot. He doesn't know. But, like, he's pretty certain here. Like, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, Um, he's like, we're doing motion
0: capture for the sequel. (laughs) And then
2: Kojima was like... What was what was funny was like I think it was like six hours later, Kojima posted like a photo on Twitter of like him pretending to like bat and Norman Reedus. Execute him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's was like go back to your private room. Or whatever. Go to your <laughs> private
0: room, my friend, and it's like him standing over him with a, like a, a barbed wire bat. Yeah, he bat like he's gonna execute him. Yeah. yeah, it's very funny.
1: It's, yeah, yeah like, that's a thing. I guess it's just it's it's really difficult to not like Norman Reedus. Sure, like, I, yeah. think, I think he's just he does just come off like he's just a bit of a himbo, like he's he's just <laughs> enough of a himbo that it's like it feels really earnest. So it's like you can't, like, I think that that whole like, yeah, does he really know what he's doing? Like it really works to his advantage. Where he's like, oh, Norman, you silly sausage, you <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so that's a thing. Well, I, I kind of was hoping that no- the next Death Stranding wouldn't be uh the same character really i mean i I, I don't care like
2: i uh, before that that game started i was like oh like the story's gonna be amazing and i was like this story isn't just confusing it's bad like this is not a good story and like sam is the worst character out of all of them Mm -hmm. the only reason he is good is because you i guess you see yourself through him and you do like the walking with him but besides that he says nothing like he Mm -hmm. he's such a shit character and such a waste of normal readers um but like weirdly, that endeared me to him. So I- I'd want to see him back just to see, like him go. Uh.
1: <laughs> Transcendable, George. How much you love video games? Because you just said like a tirade of like very valid criticisms. I'm like, <laughs> but I'd still love him back though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just love IP. Is he? I just want something established. You know. Uh, don't I, I don't deviate. Just feed me I, what I know.
1: I definitely agree with Eric here. I think yeah, a, a new game in the same universe i'd be like okay like i like as in like a spin-off like rather than a direct sequel but mm-hmm. i'm more of the opinion like i just want to see kojima do more weird stuff like yeah he's good what at it he's sequel, got a good team behind him like obviously all of him and his team work really well together to make like really good weird shit i just want to see them do more of that like yeah don't like you know death stranding was cool and interesting because it was like we know nothing about this this weird thing that's coming out and then you know, love it or hate it, at least it was, you know. Oh,
2: it's it's one uh, of my favorite games of all time. Least, yeah, personally. like at least
1: it was an artistic. Risk. But I don't think it needs a sequel. Like, no, not at all.
2: I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued by it, but I also think this is one of those things where we're still not going to see it for ages. This isn't like, oh, it's going to be announced this summer. <laughs> I, I don't uh, see us seeing this for years. For sure. Yeah. Look, I'm happy about it.
0: Uh, we want to congratulate Raven QA for uh, winning the union vote. Yes yes uh hard hard fought uh activision blizzard has put that team through hell um and you know it's such a small team barely 30 people uh mm. 30 qa testers they uh they really should have been able to shut this down not they should have as in it would have been right but should have <laughs> as in it shouldn't have been that hard for for uh big activision blizzard to convince a couple dozen people not to unionize uh, and they failed. Mm. Uh, and that that's significant. Um, they they tra- they used every dirty trick in the book, they forced them into uh, anti union meetings where they told them that, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys want a union, it could really affect your promotions and your benefits. Uh, and all that kind of bullshit, they told them it would make uh, their games worse, mm. make game development harder um they've
1: even said all like oh you know union contracts take a really long time to finalize so yep. even though Ravens it, won this even though they've got the union they're still not done fighting
0: they like yeah they told them it'll take a long un- it'll take a long time to finalize and other departments are going to get raises and I don't know it's going to be hard ha- we'll have to figure it out like oh. yeah um all that shit and yet uh, they still won uh 19 votes in favor uh, of unionizing. It's just fantastic. It's the first video game union in the US, uh, technically the second in the game industry because uh, the Paizo Publishing, um, the the Pathfinder publishers unionized uh, in October. Is
1: Vodio Games in Canada then? Is that not in the US?
0: Vodio. It's an indie
1: studio, but the Vodio unionized. That was
2: recently, the... right?
1: I think it was late last year, maybe. But Vodio's unionized. There's definitely an Australian union as well. Um, okay. Vodio.
0: Oh, it says North America. Maybe Vodio is, is uh, Canadian. Maybe. Yeah. I remember this is the Beastbreaker team. I really like that game.
1: Yeah. But Vodio um, was good. Like the Vodio management, like voluntarily recognized it because it's like a, an indie studio that was like, yeah, we're happy for the people to unionize and ensure that we keep, um, we keep being fair to our employees. 13, Which is employees the way in
0: con- 13 employees and contract workers spread across us and Canada. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the first like AAA, like branch of
1: any AAA studio to do it, which is huge news. And especially because it's Activision Blizzard, one right. of the biggest and currently, uh, you know, fighting with EA for most evil
0: company. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so Game Workers Alliance, um, small team, but uh, it's a really big deal. Um, and, you know, like m- movements start small, right? Yeah uh so yeah, i think but... it's
1: i think it's really awesome how it, it kind of feeds into this broader um the broader unionization just across the states at the minute like you're, yeah like we're seeing with starbucks and amazon where again it's these huge huge multi-billion dollar companies that have absolutely yeah as you say like should have the resources to be able to stop this kind of thing but clearly you know workers are just so fed up i think that that's to me is like the biggest benefit of the of the whole pandemic is workers realizing their value and being like, well, shit, these companies are literally willing to send me to my death. I'm at least going to get paid for it. Like I at least need to get a decent paycheck while I'm alive.
0: And this all started with like half of the team getting laid off or, or let go like 13 people that, that that's what started this whole thing was that the, the the well-known game dev cycle where, They finish development on whatever, the newest Call of Duty or whatever, and they just lay everybody off and then they hire a bunch of new people when they're spinning up for the next one. And uh, you know, that's just like no way to treat employees. That's no way for an industry to run. It's just constantly have turnover and keep everybody on contract. So uh, yeah, it's gonna end. Uh, The next one we're looking at is uh, Keywords, which is a Bioware support studio. Um, hmm. Another another QA team. They uh, are hosting a, their own union vote uh, soon, so we'll keep an eye on on keywords and wherever this spreads next. But hopefully everywhere. everywhere. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, I wish I joined in on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: you're not a comrade. Everywhere. We'll do it. We'll it. we, did it. we, did it. we did it. That's why right. Eric can fix it in post. <laughs>
0: so, uh, so that. This confused me a little bit, and I'm actually a little bit sad that I I misunderstood this. The Wii U and 3DS eShops are open until March 2023. But as of, I believe, Tuesday of this week, you can no longer add funds to your eShop wallet. So while the shops are still open, they're effectively closed because you can't add money. Like if you didn't, you can still buy stuff if you had money in there, uh, but that's that's going to be it for anybody that wanted to buy uh, eShop stuff. It's, it's
1: effectively like a grace period for people who've kind of forgotten about the money they've got in there to actually right spend that money or lose right. it.
0: Right, uh, and this is always a very sad thing because there's plenty of exclusives in both of those stores that are just lost to time, mm-hmm. you know um lots of games that were exclusive to those consoles but also like games that are just exclusive to the eShop that never got physical releases uh that aren't anywhere else i know there's not like a ton but there there are some games that are just like they're gone now if you didn't buy them uh and we talk about that on the show a lot because it's it's a bad thing that is not getting addressed and maybe never will. um as we move into, like, more and more cyclical digital shops, like, you know, thank God Steam seems like it's never going to have a successor. It's always going to be around <laughs> on PC. But when it comes to, like, a Nintendo store and consoles, like, PlayStation shops and stuff, like, once we move on to the next generation, those stores don't just move forward with them. Do you think they could in future, though?
1: Because, I mean, yeah, obviously with PC, I know there's, like, the Epic Game Store and some other things as well now. But, yeah, with... Um, with PC, if you get a game on Steam, you've always got that game available via your Steam account. You can put it on any PC, laptop, Mac, whatever you've got. It feels like it would kind of make sense for PlayStation and Nintendo and Xbox to just do that as well, where they just have the PlayStation Store, the Nintendo Store, the Microsoft Store, and then it's just whatever you then buy i guess this would mean they'd have to like be able to emulate things and stuff would yeah is probably why they wouldn't bother doing it but it, it, that feels like it makes more sense
0: than like yeah than iterative like console generations of stores it's i i don't quite understand why it doesn't work that way besides the fact that like like every pc has windows on it you know yeah like sh- uh, you might have a mac but you, you're not playing your steam library on your mac probably Like every every PC has had Windows on it for decades, and so like that's why games still work for the most part because we have one continuous operating system that just gets updated. Mm. Uh, Whereas with consoles, it's like they're they're building a new operating system every single time, Mm. Mm. and that's that's why they don't have compatibility. Like that's why your PlayStation Three games don't work on your PlayStation Five, I guess. You can't for Uh, streaming yeah (laughs) yeah they can be in certain regions (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah i don't i don't i don't know why it it was never designed that way but um i you know this is just gonna keep happening like we're like the switch eShop is going to shut down someday right like we're not just going to get the switch eShop move forward to the next console and the next one and the next one
2: nintendo's the worst for it yeah they're, they do it every generation, and it's just one of those things that, because it's Nintendo, people go, ah, that's a shame, but, okay. And I fall for every time. They never... They just keep doing it, and they never catch up on themselves, and they never get caught out for it. It does my head in.
0: Did you both uh, play a lot of 3DS and Wii U games? I played a lot. I never had a 3DS. I've never, oh, like, really it? enjoyed portability,
2: like... I had I had a Vita, I had a DS, I had like everything before, but 3DS I avoided. But I loved the Wii U. Um, I played like oh, hundreds of hours of Smash on that, um, and Splatoon, all sorts really. I think I still have it though. I think I had all the discs as well, so I should be like fine. But it's a shame to think that if I lost, I think it's just gone.
0: Yeah,
1: I can. I mean, I can see my 3DS from where I'm sat.
3: Um,
1: no, I just I mainly just had my 3DS from the Pokemon Y, and uh, I never ended up getting Solomon. Moon. Uh, but yeah, Pokemon, and I think I got um, oh uh, god, fucking the, the main classic Zelda game. Christ, why can't I remember? Uh, Ocarina. Ocarina of Time, yeah. Had Ocarina of Time on it as well, because that had a remake. I don't think I got the Majora's Mask remake. Um, But, yeah. So I had. Because I'm, I'm one of those, like, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a Nintendo fan, but like, I'm a Pokemon fan. So... I would always buy the newest Nintendo console for the newest Pokemon game. Um, mm-hmm. I was one of those suckers. Um, but yeah, so like again, like it's not something that affects me, but I, it's it's a loss to the industry and like the medium as like an art form. It's just sad.
0: So,
1: we just throw away our history so often. Um,
0: 3ds, I think, was one of the first. Was the only the only handheld uh Nintendo console that had a really awesome like indie library.
1: Yeah like, I heard cause, this actually.
0: Because you didn't have like you didn't really have download on the first DS I don't think. Just for like getting Pokemon and stuff. Yeah. But not actually for games. So a bunch of stuff I still really love like um Steamworld Dig came out on the 3DS first. Um yeah I played a I played a ton of indies on the 3DS that, and yeah some of those are just gone. Gone forever. Uh we never got Star Fox ported forward. Star Fox uh what was the newest one? Zero. Yeah. We never oh, got man, the no. uh we never got the Metroid Prime collection ported forward. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, that is a shame. Um we never got uh Wind Waker.
2: Yeah, but th- this this is this is I guess not to make this the shit on Nintendo episode, but Nintendo's just gonna resell that to everyone. Like, they've got the shiny Metroid Prime collection ready for when they've got a dry spell. They've got those Legend of Zelda remasters, you know, they're going to charge you 50 quid for again. Like, they're just scummy. They're really scummy Mm
0: -hmm. with this
2: sort of thing. With their backwards, with their library, they know they can get away with it. They know that you'll pay out the ass to have a collection of free Mario games that isn't even including Super Mario Galaxy 2. Like, you'll pay for that and you'll, you'll thank them for it. They do it all the time.
4: I'm wound yeah, up, guys. I'm wound up.
0: <laughs> uh, I would, but I would like to see a lot of the 3DS stuff um, come forward eventually, like the, the Fire Emblem games, Fire Emblem Awakening, and the one after that. Um, <laughs> that you love. Uh, I like Awakening better. Uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh, that would be cool. That's awesome. See, game. and then
2: I fall for it. As soon
0: as you mention a <laughs> game I like, I'm like,
2: yeah, I'll buy that again. <laughs>
1: Uh, i guess that is the thing isn't it it's like why have why make our past available to us when you can make us wait for a little bit and then use our nostalgia against us to steal from our wallets
0: yeah real downer today our last one's a real downer too uh george we did like a little bonus news last week and we got really excited about dead space because it got a a a launch date right yes it's like january 27 january yeah Mm -hmm. and i still am but in my excitement like i forgot about what a raw deal visceral got with oh they got fucked. yeah and uh and when we got done recording i was like man it kind of sucks that we were just like blindly enthusiastic instead of like being a little bit critical of this whole thing because we we should be like this it kind of uh It's kind of gross how this all came together. And uh, we have a quote from the original Dead Space director now. Uh, Spoke to um, Game Informer this week. Uh, His name is Glenn Schofield. Mm. Uh, He said, I took the remakes announcement as a compliment. I still do take it as a compliment. I'm still kind of bummed about it, too. It's a weird feeling. They want to make a game better than the one you made. Yeah. Uh, And just sort of reflecting on, like, not being involved with the the remake of this, like, you know, original, uh, original concept that him I, and his team at Visceral came up with. I, I guess the
2: sting is taken out a tiny bit by the fact that the Callisto protocol looks, it sounds incredible. So like, I guess not to say, oh, they're, they're making a game even better than the remake <laughs> that they're making. But yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see both. I, I wish there was some good. sort of like, you know collaboration or some sort of a bit more respect towards visceral but you know we it sounds bad like we can have both we're consumers we're consuming everything like don't worry about it but that's what took it off for me a bit this thing
0: yeah hey isn't that isn't Kalisto Protocol in the PUBG universe somehow yeah it's like
2: 350 years forward but why? I think they said that in the most recent interview they're like, Yeah, it doesn't really matter. There's a few Easter eggs, but like we're so far forward it doesn't count. And I'm like, Okay, why are
1: you doing it then? Then why yeah, then what's the connection? It's it's like how Apex has law. Like you're telling me that that PubG has law?
0: But but Apex universe? is mad. Apex is definitely in the same universe as Titanfall. They have the same characters. Yeah, like, this is here. a this is a monster alien space game that's in the PUBG universe. <laughs> I guess. I think.
1: For um, me, the way I feel about Dead Space is like, I love the original Dead Space so so much. I wrote an article about just how perfect its horror is. Oh wow, you wrote about but it. I did. You must yeah, really yeah like I, it. I, I write. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, see games journalists write about things I like as well no i just like it it does horror in such an amazing way and like mechanically like because i didn't even play it when it first came out i remember uh, it's so weird like the game is so distinct to me because i remember always going into my local game shop seeing the cover and being like Why is there just some arm floating around in like a kind of brownie thing? Like that looks weird as shit. I'm never gonna play that. And then, and then when I finally did play, I think my mate lent me their copy. Like years later, I played it. I was like, holy shit, this game is incredible. Like it, a remaster, I could understand. Like just like scrubbing it up a little bit, like like not really touching it too much, but just just bringing it to because it's a PS3 game, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so just bringing that series to like a PS5, for example, I'd understand that. But it's just, it's not a game that needs a, a remake. Like it's already made just perfectly, in my opinion. Like it was just so, so good. And I, I worry because so much of the stuff that you hear when things get remade, it's like, oh, we're changing the lighting and we're changing this. I'm like, no, like specifically what I say in my piece about it is how good like the lighting and the camera and the UI is. And that's always the shit that gets changed so much in remakes, mm-hmm. and it's like, don't do it. Like, you'd like no. Like, I don't think any creative license should be afforded to whoever's remaking it. Which is why I think it should be a remaster, not a remake. Like, if, if yeah. Bluepoint were doing it, like you know, Bluepoint can clearly be trusted to um, remake anything and like very much retain the essence of the original. Like, uh, like- did you
2: see Demon Souls? Like yeah. did you see how changed that was compared to the original? I thought it was like, Blue, Blue Point didn't get a free pass on it just because they did Shadow of Colossus well. Like I'm pretty pro remake as it is. I quite like them to be I thought, honest. I know that's controversial. But... Souls,
1: I thought the main complaint with Demon Souls was it was too much like the original.
2: No. There was like if I, if I remember correctly they changed like a bunch of the bosses and made them like like there's one that has like a weird face. It's like a clown sort of thing. I don't I don't really like Demon mm-hmm. Souls that much so like I can't remember specifically. James would know. But like they changed it quite a lot, and people were really oh. pissed off about it. Oh,
1: I heard and like the light.
2: lighting is completely different in a lot of ways. Oh, um, I heard it
1: was literally like completely the same. What? Like in it,
2: it's it's complicated because whenever you do something like this, naturally it changes. But um, like Shadow of the Colossus, I think was the one that everyone said was perfect, really well done. But I remember Demon Souls being a bit more like okay, maybe it's just like the hardcore fans getting shitty about nothing.
1: But I guess that's cool. the worry. For example, like, you know um, the Halo, uh, like the Master Chief Collection, which where you can, you uh, can hit yeah. a button and you flip between the old visuals and the new visuals? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, like, yeah, I kind of agree with Eric, like, the old stuff is very, like, copy and paste hallways, how on earth yeah. is, is like the Collection again. But there are certain elements where, like, I think like things like darkness, where clearly a space is meant to be dark and scary, and you're not meant to know what's going on in there. Yeah, a remake or a remaster will be like, oh, well, that's too dark. No one can see what's going on in there. Here's a bright light, and it's like, no, no, you like that's not the point. You've ruined it. Mm-hmm. And like, Dead Space is so much about like this, this crushing darkness and this and this oppressive, um, you know, space that you're in. And if they brighten that up and lighten it and expand it to like make it more palatable, it's it's just going to ruin the whole thing. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting myself wiped up because I'm so terrified of a of a remake just absolutely destroying the legacy of
2: what I agree. I I do one agree. One of the
1: best horror games ever made.
2: Um I've never played the original Dead Space, which is like one of my big sins. Um is which, is, so, so good. which is why I'm so excited for this. Um but from what I've seen, I d do, I do don't want to praise it too much because then we're falling into the trap of what Eric and I were doing where it's like, yeah, Dead Space and forgetting about all the people that have been left behind because of it. But they do seem very respectful of changing improving stuff but, like, stuff that's important to Dead Space. So, like, they did a um, dev diary recently where they talked about how they've changed, like, the Isaac's breathing system. Um, And it's still, like... I don't know if you would say that Isaac's breathing is, like, a key part of Dead Space. Like, that's what they were saying. They were like, oh, it's, like, really important to the atmosphere. And they've, like, taken that and they've, like, beefed it up. So, obviously, he still breathes really heavily, but now it changes dialogue, depending on his, like, condition at the time. So it's, like, little stuff like that that makes me go... Okay, so they get what is, you know, key to Dead Space. I say this like with air quotes because I don't really know myself, but they take what's important to it and then improve it, you know, rather than change it. So I I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful for it. I don't know myself because, like I say,
0: I'm not the authority, but I think it'll be good. Game game remake reboot and remaster, such a weird, such a weird thing when you when we talk about in film like. A remake is a different movie yeah. than the original. Yeah. But that's not always true in games. Like, uh, Spyro Reignited, a full remake, exact same game, right? Like, it's it's a visual update. But most yeah. visual updates are just remasters. So my my feeling is, like, I'm not that interested in a remake. I'm interested in a reboot. I would much rather... A, I would w- much rather see them do their take on dead space and like tell the story over in a, in a different way. Like, I don't wanna walk down the exact same hallways. I don't want to get the same weapons in the same places and like beat for beat the same game as the original, like that game exists. And if we wanna do a visual upgrade, like a remaster or like a Spyro reignited type remake where you just like make all the assets new that's one thing, but this, I really hate this thing where it's like, it's a remake, but it's the exact same game. Mm. And we've tweaked some things, but you're going to walk down the same hallways. The chapters are in the same order. Like we're going to just tell somebody else's story, but make our own changes to it.
1: I could definitely get more on board with that because yeah, then it's a new thing.
0: I want to play a a new game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Or leave it alone. Like don't, don't change the, little thing don't change the breathing like all that stuff like just just make it make the original dead space look modern that's what that's what i mean when i say with something like dead space i can understand
1: a remaster but i just can't see it needing a remake
0: yeah i don't i don't like i i don't like the colloquial remake Mm. um i don't think it has that much value Mm. um yeah kind of a downer fellas any (laughs) any oh uh multiverses we're gonna talk about multiverses in the next segment uh with stacy and jade but uh george there was some we got some tidbits
2: oh i got this okay um so i don't know if you guys know because i haven't (laughs) not talked about it for basically ever since it was revealed but i've been following multiverses pretty much kind of obsessively since it was announced um and Every time they've done, like, a technical test, they've left stuff in the files. Uh, and sometimes it's little things, like, I don't know, a reference to Rick being in it, which everyone kind of knew. And then sometimes it's, like, eh, characters, like, their full voice line dialogue, like, every single line they have. Yeah. Um, And it, I, I don't know how they go about it, but I figure they must get the voices first. They must get the voices before they do most of the other work, because some of these voices are referencing characters that are, like, so barely in the game. Their data's, like, barely in it at all, but all the voice lines are. Um, and the most recent round of it was Marvin, Marvin the Martian, uh, Iron Giant, who was announced, but his voice lines are leaked, uh, LeBron James, who we kind of knew about, but is now, like, fully definitely in it, uh, and then Raven from Teen Titans. And that's all well and good. If, if you've been following it like I have, that's not really a surprise, because that's been leaked for a while but the big one um one of iron giant's lines is like he calls 11 a friend and who who else is named 11 there's no one else named 11 it has to be stranger things is 11 and this matches with a leak much earlier that i didn't believe at first because it was just i've shared it in the work chat and this this picture of 11 this model that they're using looks awful like it's really bad because it's so early on and I saw that, I was like, there's no way. There's no way that's real. Someone's just fake that. Like, Mighty Versus has an art style that's kind of easy to replicate, I find. Like, you could probably get someone kind of talented to do that. Um, so I didn't believe it. And then now we've got that voice line, and we've got one from Raven calling her L. I think it is. Um, so yeah, that's a thing, I guess. The first crossover character is... Stranger Things. Yeah, that it's
0: it's interesting because Stranger Things is not a Warner Brothers property. Right? I was just about to ask. that. yeah, I, did, I was gonna say I didn't know it was. Um, it's not. Yeah, it's huh. It's Netflix. Like the yeah. Duffer Brothers sold it to Netflix. So yeah. So the yeah. So this has nothing to do with Warner Brothers, which like, as if the Warner Brothers stable of IPs wasn't big enough. Now it can just be fucking anything.
2: Yep. I don't like, know how I feel about that. I I like, you know, thinking about thinking back to Smash. My, some of my favorite moments were, okay, after Joker, who's it going to be? It could be literally anyone. Those are those are some amazing times. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of under the impression that Smash could kind of reel itself in, and also, not to say that there weren't many rep, reps left. Like you could still pick like a good good number, but you could kind of tell by the end of Ultimate like. You know, if you're asking for, who is it, Dixie Kong? I think that's, Mm -hmm. I think Dixie Kong's the name. If you're asking for Dixie Kong as, like, your number one pick, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. So, like, but with multiverses, they're just beginning. Like, they have so many characters they could use across everything. I just don't think Eleven from Stranger Things is
0: a very interesting pick at all. I don't either, and it does seem, it does seem very promotional. I mean, we'll have to see when Eleven comes out, but obviously they're ramping up. For their big season four, right, where every episode is like two hours long, <laughs> or yeah. something like they're they they spent so much money on this next season, um, mm-hmm. and you know maybe it, it won't be the last necessarily, but I think there's one more. Is there? Okay. From uh, my, well, I, I not read really it's, it, but... it's, it's it's season four, volume one and volume two, right? Like,
2: hate that shit. Oh, doing, that
1: makes my blood boil.
2: Volume what? two is just two episodes as well, I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. volume one is like eight and then the other is just two. It's just their way to like have a cliffhanger. What? everything
0: I, everything I this releases. With films
1: and now they're I doing know. it to TV shows as well. Yeah.
0: The whole the whole volume one releases today, like Friday. Oh, and shoot. then and then July first, the last two episodes.
2: Right. That's just and stupid. like
0: every episode is an hour and a half or two hours or something. But just like I think
2: Multiversus has already gone so weird with its character pick well actually I resent the idea that Multiversus is weirder than Smash. I think that's a, a stupid claim. I think that always has been really
0: ridiculous. People going, yeah,
2: yeah, Wow, yeah. this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's like, really? <laughs> are you kidding? Like this is
0: well, you know, this is just equal. Smash is all video game characters. So you are used oh, yeah, to yeah, seeing them true. in video games yeah multiverses is all tv show characters and it's like why are these tv show characters in a video game so i can see why okay yeah, i hadn't had really thought weird. of it like that
2: but like i i still don't find it like that weird i find it like a i guess like a natural evolution of it but obviously like a massive massive ip um i, I don't know i just i don't think i don't think it needs to go beyond warner brothers i think they've still got so much like where the fuck is daffy duck like Start giving me Daffy Duck before you give me 11 of Stranger Things. That's a joke. You just.
0: have
1: like you just... Matrix
0: characters in there? No Matrix.
4: No, no Mortal Kombat? No matrix,
0: yeah. But Sorry. it sounds like Neo's going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that the more IPs you pull from, the wider your potential audiences. They could do all the yeah. Looney Tunes, but like if you like the Looney Tunes, we have Bugs, Bunny, and Taz. You, know? you
2: take that back. Like, you take that back right now. I want
0: Daffy Duck too. I want. I want the Lunatics. Oh, no, uh, Izzy, you remember the Lunatics? I'm not, I'm
1: not as old as you, so no. <laughs> it, it was during, it was during it's just time. It's just yeah, this so, was
0: like 2010.
1: Oh, this was no. a shit
0: shit not take so on the Looney Tunes. No, a terrible, terrible Looney Tunes show. It was like basically Looney Tunes 2099. Oh, <laughs> they were all superheroes. It, it was, was awful. awful. No, no, terrible. Uh, yeah, let's I, get those I guys. Fun. I
1: actually have a really fun Looney Tunes story. Um, uh, which will be a good thing to end on. So I'm first going to say I fucking hate Stranger Things. I've always hated Stranger Things. And yet every single season I have been forced by somebody to binge watch. I have seen all of Stranger Things against my will. And I'm so happy that I'm finally in a stage of my life where no one is going to make me watch this season. And I just, I can ignore it. And I don't have to have anything to do with it. And it can just pass me by and I can forget about it. I'm so excited for that. Anyway, the happiness or the funny story. <laughs> um, before I was uh, a video game journalist, I used to work in a cinema, uh, not doing anything very fun. I was literally just like a cleaner and like customer support person. Um, but at the end of the night, whenever a screen was shutting down, it would go through an automated um, like checklist to make sure everything was running okay. So uh, the lights would all turn off, uh, music would play, and a little. Thing would sometimes appear on the screen and it was just like the computer's way of checking like okay yeah like audio works this works this works all the automated stuff works and this is normally fine like you know if you're with somebody it happens and oh yeah i forgot that happens when it's like midnight and you've got the closing credits of a horror movie playing so the music's really eerie and creepy and you're like cleaning up all the remnants of the popcorn and the drinks and everything and you kind of forget that this is going to happen suddenly all the lights go off and you're just there like. Well this is fucking spooky, what's going on? And then out of nowhere the Looney Tunes theme plays. (laughs) (laughs) And you get the proper like like, that's all folks. And it is terrifying. Like you have not known horror until you've been cleaning like a massive cinema screen alone at like 1 a.m. post horror movie and fucking that little pig guy. Elmo, is it Elmo? No, not Elmer. Porky Pig. Porky Pig and like Daffy Duck are just screaming at you. Oh,
2: it's, Is it's Izzy terrible. has Looney yeah. Tunes trauma, so he doesn't want any of them. In <laughs>
1: I'm
0: I'm really sorry that happened to you. I hope that you can get some help and some relief.
1: I need to, I'll, ask, I'll ask for um, compensation for my old employer.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we should take a break. When we come back, uh, Jade and Stacy will be here. We're going to talk more about multiverses uh also we have a preview of the quarry supermassive's new horror game uh is you'll probably not want to listen to that part <laughs> uh and then i'm gonna talk a little bit about hard space shipbreaker we'll be right back welcome back Stacey henley j king Hello. hello hello um okay so we've got three games let's start with Multiverses, my new favorite game well oh, smash brothers let's go <laughs> smash brothers 2.0 uh okay i didn't play the nickelodeon game i had no did. regrets about that i do you didn't, I do. Miss, you didn't yeah. miss much.
4: I don't, well <laughs> you know that game had all the hype in the world before it came out because of nostalgia and it being like melee but but then it came out, and people played it, <laughs> and then people stopped talking about it immediately.
0: Yeah. I, I have dabbled in others, like uh, a little Brawlhalla. I've played a little yep. R- Rivals yeah. of Aether. Um Rivals of Ether is cool because it's the modding scene is huge. So actually, Shaggy, Super Saiyan Shaggy, <laughs> is like a big character in there because it was modded in. And so now we have the real Shaggy. Real Super
4: Saiyan shaggy as well. Matthew Lillard shaggy. Like yeah.
0: Legit. Uh, I, I expected nothing from this game, and I am from multiverses, and I'm mm. uh, pleasantly surprised um, for, for a few reasons. First of all, the, the free-to-play situation, that's the way to go for this kind of game, and it always mm. should have been. 100%. Uh, it makes it makes smash seem like so dated and dead when we have this game that's just like battle pass new content new characters like that's that's the of all the different kinds of free to play games a like platform fighter where they can just throw in another stage, throw in more characters, throw in skins for everyone that's that's how this kind of thing should be done, right,
3: yeah, I think with a platform fighter as well you um Obviously, the, the devs work very, very hard on the game. But making a stage is easier than making a whole map. You know, if they want to, if they want to bring something new to Apex Legends, say they need to bring a whole new map. Yeah, that um, takes Much bigger, fly. much a lot more. Um, kind of gimmicks has to have something unique. Whereas the stage? It just needs to be. Remember that episode of Scooby Doo? Yeah, <laughs> it's now here, <laughs> and everyone was going, cool. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, the Harlem Globetrotters.
0: I remember that episode. <laughs> Oh man, the home globetrotters could actually be in the game too. <laughs> I, I think that's a that's also what works so well about multiverses is, is that Warner Brothers owns everything. Like everything that Disney doesn't own, Warner Brothers owns.
3: Yeah, I was surprised when I, I looked through when I was writing about it just kinda of for like joke ones that they would never like really put in. And there's so much stuff that Warner Brothers owns that you just don't really associate with. Because being so busy over the past decade is really DC, Harry Potter. That's where all its ascension has been. Uh-huh. But like it owns the Matrix. It owns the Shining. Like I don't think you should put the um, jack in there, but it's pretty cool that they have all this stuff at their disposal. And they, they seem to have been quite clever with knowing what you can get away with putting in and what you can't. Mm. Like no one is going to care that Harley Quinn is in is beating up I.R. Stark. Like that's just kind of fine. People are gonna go with it. Um, I think they've been really good at being selective with what in their catalogue they've kinda gone this is sacred ground for us, and what they've kinda gone it'd be really funny if these guys had a fight. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, that and that is I'm fascinated by who they've picked and and who they're going to pick, because we have some clues from, you know, mm-hmm. the Mines and Leaks and stuff. Right now, it we have Shaggy and Velma from Scooby-Doo, Jake and Finn from Adventure Time. We've got Steven uh, from Steven Universe and Garnet. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also have Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny, Taz. Uh, who am I missing? Bat- Batman, Superman, and Harley. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman. So four four justice leaguers uh i think that might be everyone so far oh and then we're gonna have iron giant
3: we're gonna have iron giant um that's the one that's confirmed and there's like data mine leaks um there's a couple of voice lines from mizzy williams about rick and morty so they're gonna be in it presumably
0: Arya stark yes Arya stark yeah yes that classic Um, crossover (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so honestly uh, a really small roster I mean obviously compared to Smash which has 90 characters now um, this is just like 14 or something <clears throat> um, but I, I, I've been playing a ton and I, I like a small roster to start I like feeling like I there's a chance I can learn all these characters because with Smash it's just I, I will play someone until I lose and then pick another one and then I can do that for a couple hours and then stop playing Smash.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're kind of crippled by choice in in Smash, I think. Because like, yeah. I'm never going to be good enough. And I don't think many people playing realistically are going to be good enough to care too much about the TList and the, the meta of the competitive scene. It's just characters that you enjoy playing with and that you feel a comfortable rhythm with For most people. But there's just so many that you, you almost don't feel like you can jump around as much. Because with multiverses, you can jump around and you can kind of go back to it. Whereas in... Smash, you're never really going to be able to play all 90 of them and understand them. You're going to have to somewhere down the line make a choice and go, no, I'm sticking with Peach or I'm sticking with Cloud or whoever you choose. Um whereas with multiverses, I um very predictably just went for Harley Quinn and Velma first, <laughs> just because I like them as characters. But then as I played more and unlocked more, I unlocked Iris Star and Joe playing with Iris Dark. Taz has proven to be quite good I mm-hmm. feel like I'm getting used to being Jake I'm not really a big Adventure Time fan but I quite like playing as Jake just because I like how they play as a fighter and if I had 90 characters to choose from I never would have picked Adventure Time because I don't, I don't care about Adventure Time mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have been a big roster almost is more restrictive for you as an individual even if there's a player base there's more chance of having that character that you love in there um which, the problem with Nickelodeon was they were just all boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it was like, oh, April O'Neil, that's cool. And I was like, mm, it's all None right. of them talk. And that was yeah. so
4: bizarre.
3: None, none, none of them talk. In, in, um, actually, you wouldn't know this, actually. You didn't play. So in Nick Brawl, you could, when you did arcade mode, which was just like very classic, you know, Street Fighter style, you went through like six battles and you, you won the Grand Pantheon at the end. King of Iron Fist or whatever they called it in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, You would unlock a picture of a different character from a show but they wouldn't tell you what the character's name was (laughs) what what show they were from or anything about them so i unlocked i i beat it with um i think i think with april o'neill and i got a turtles character as a reward and it was just a lizard with a cap on on a skateboard and they had no details about who this guy was, what I was supposed to think of it, and what I was supposed to do. And it was just go to the gallery, just a picture of him there with his board, like, hello. Congratulations. <laughs> there was so little polish
0: on that game. Look this um, photograph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, bizarre. And it kind of sets this up to fail, or at least like in your mind. Uh, yeah, yeah i I was really concerned it. yeah um but back to the characters for a second we yep. we have this long list of potentials some of them have uh two of them we already have like voice lines for so it seems pretty likely that um gizmo from gremlins and lebron james
3: <laughs> yes cool. i heard the lebron our, james one for, i love ip, f- IP.
0: Probably for sure coming. LeBron James from Space Jam, of course. Le- uh, Le- yeah,
3: I, I think Batman. LeBron James vaguely makes sense because if you were to pick a movie that is most like the game, you would have to pick Space Jam: A New Legacy. Right. That is just multiverses. Like the Casablancas in that in that movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, like, it really is just the first. I've- I've- once he gets sucked into tradition. the thing, yeah. Once he gets like sucked into the tune world, the first twenty minutes of that. Is just him and Bugs jumping around different, um, different one of those movies, except it's not the Sam playing it again, it's Yosemite Sam. The uh, Trinity and the Matrix is Granny for some reason. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> right. look at all this stuff we own. Stuff that the audience of Space Jam, who are like seven year olds, have no idea about because they haven't seen the Matrix, they haven't seen Casablanca.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? If you haven't shown your seven-year-old Casablanca, are you really a parent? You're not really a good parent <laughs> at that point, are you? <laughs> My parents are bad. They never showed me Casablanca. Yes. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. This is a disgusting display of capitalism. I mean...
4: Oh, yes. It's a, it's weaponizing nostalgia and all that shit, just like Nick Brawl was, but maybe in a more confident way. Like This feels like it could succeed, whereas even from the day of launch of Nick brawl it felt like its days were numbered but with this like they've got the battle pass it's free to play if I don't know if I call it a smash rival but it's doing stuff with that formula that I wish smash did
3: it's and... it just if you, sorry it just feels a little bit more like relaxed about the whole thing because I don't yeah. like the current IP mashing thing d- I've watched the MCU since. I might have seen every movie since Iron Man 2 in the theatre is basically the way it came out. So I'm not going to say that the MCU is terrible, but recently they've had this habit of just smashing characters together, like, you know, getting Willem Dafoe and getting him to say the scientist meme. I think everything these days has to be an evolving universe. Everything has to be linked. Everything has to have an origin story or a callback or a prequel. This is not, even though this is IP, this is not that. This is just, what if we got a bunch of cartoon characters and made them fight? You know, there's not going to be not going to be a spin-off Netflix miniseries. You know, there's not going to be a movie. There's not really going to be any kind of tie-ins to it. It's, I almost accept that it's just IPs throwing punches at each other. Because that's all it's going to be. It's not the foundation for the multiverse's multiverse universe.
0: Sure, yeah. Although, that reminds me. Last week, we talked about the controversy about Iron Giant. Because this is a... a- character who solely exists to be anti-violence yes uh and what was so hilarious was somebody actually got to ask the director of multiverses about this and he had a whole answer prepared about (laughs) how about how this is a not only is this a different universe but he's actually superman's best friend and he looks (laughs) up to superman and so it's justified that he's fighting because <laughs> Superman's fighting, and he wants to be like his buddy Superman, and it's like, yeah. just say they're cartoons fighting. Like, just say it doesn't matter. When that's they the add story
4: mode, it will make more
3: sense. You
0: know? <laughs> the answer is, who cares? That's all he should have said. That, that, Shut
3: up. That is it. Because, like at the the very last line that Iron Man that, that um, the Iron Giant says when he's like flying towards the comet is Superman, because that's what he wants to be like. He literally sacrifices yeah. himself for the greater good because of Superman. Um, spoilers for the Iron Giant: He dies. Um, <laughs> Wait, does he, he,
4: doesn't he show up at the end in the snow and shit?
3: Oh, there's, there's like nuts and bolts move at the end. It's like Inception when it's like, ooh, is it?
4: <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it's like Leo at the end of Inception.
3: More Inception, spoilers yeah. for the Iron Giant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's great. You should watch it. Um, yeah, I think that that's gonna be it because that that obviously does make sense. That 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 is a question. Like, why is the Iron Giant isn't a pacifist? But like, Velma can run cats over with police cars in this game. That's not a character trait she has. Right.
0: Yes, just I'll say, say a it's call. nonsense. Oh no. <laughs> um, multiverses does some pretty bold things to differentiate itself from Smash, and there are things that when you hear about them, you're like, "That's a bad idea. That's not going to work because <laughs> it because it wouldn't work in Smash." Uh, yeah. But I think the, these things do work here. I think the the emphasis on co-op play and the sort of cooperative move sets that these characters have uh, works really well. Um, the support class characters, because all, all the characters in this game have hmm. classes. There's some are assassins, some are brawlers, some are mages. Uh, the support class characters are not personally my favorite, but they they sort of exemplify this idea of, of that you when you're on a team you're using your abilities to not just fight but to help your partner yeah Um, and i think all that stuff works really well it's not very intuitive you have to really like dig into the movesets to understand how they work together um but once you but but that I, i think that's to the game's benefit because you don't need to understand the ins and outs to punch and do your up special when a, when somebody's in the air? Like, if you have a foundation in smash, you can be successful here and have a good time. But mm-hmm. if you want to dig deeper into these characters and their move sets, there's some pretty interesting things that they do in terms of uh, the their their co-op moves, their support moves. Yeah, um, I you know,
3: think every time I've lost online in the co-op mode because I I just play the randomly like with randoms rather than with a, a person. I've always lost somebody who knows how to do support really well, whether it's Raindog or Wonder Woman, which are the two that I see the most of. Um, it always seems like the players who've got it, who understand the game, this seems to be the most understanding, in my view, of how exactly the support characters work. That might just be because i that's the area I have the least understanding of, so I'm always impressed when I see them doing things. But I think there are the people who are in on the ground floor with this one are really prepared to engage with how it's supposed to work.
0: Yeah. And everyone, all all the characters do something with their teammate, you know, like, uh, (laughs) like Jake can eat his teammate and spit them out at someone and his teammate gets a damage boost or like wonder woman can put a shield on herself and her teammate. Yeah. They all have something that's like team related. Uh, and that's a totally unique thing. The other thing is this like perk system, uh, which I was very dubious about when I first saw it because yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> why? Why should some people have a literal stat bonus when a fight starts? Like, why should they go into a fight with an advantage? Um, but I think that it does. It really does not take long to unlock these perks. You don't buy them, which I think is yeah, key. Um, it doesn't take long until you can start to unlock all, all the perks you need for a character. And then you have this sort of deeper investment where you can, um, they call it training perks. You can buy perks from other characters and put them on characters that normally couldn't learn those things. Um, and since everyone can do it, like everybody can slot in their four perks or whatever. It just gives you an opportunity to be like, I want to be more defensive. I want to be more offensive. I want better air control. And, you know, it, it doesn't feel like you have a just straight-up advantage over somebody else. It does feel like there's some interplay there. Like, when I play against a Taz, I know that I want to slot in more air control because Taz is constantly throwing you with his spin. <laughs> so if you if you understand the game enough to know, like, I need to make sure I put my green utility perks on whenever I see a Taz, like, it it it's more rewarding than it is an advantage. It, it makes you feel like... Or um, you're planning uh, in a Mm. way that like Smash doesn't let you plan going into a fight.
4: No, if someone's good at like Ganondorf or a certain character, then Smash isn't fun to play. Like it's like, oh, I'm going to lose. Whereas this, it feels like you can counter certain things prior Mm. to the match, which is quite fascinating with this kind of game.
3: My only concern with it is over time, if I get used to playing as a certain character, does having more perks than them? make me not want to switch which is what i was saying before was what i liked about the roster yeah. you know when they when they had a new cut the months down the line let's say i've been playing this pretty regularly it becomes a game that i quite like um i've got harley quinn taz Aya yeah kind of up level five six seven eight and then they bring in i don't want them to but i'm gonna say anyway. let's say they bring in neo and i'm like well i need to be neo now
0: I well, hate that Neo's in
3: the game, but I can't not play as Neo when he's here.
0: Yeah,
3: um, I'm going to want to switch Neo immediately and I'm going to have to earn those perks back. I think it'll be a real test of the game. Will I see that as fun? You know, the way I do in Pokemon when I catch Pokemon that I really want to play as, but that are under-leveled and oh, it'll be really fun like to level them up and to get used to them. Or will I see it as a chore that I can't be bothered with? Because actually I already have all the perks that I need mm. on my kind of two or three mains that I switch between. Right, um, we just don't know until that happens. But that that would that's the kind of the concern with the perk system is it, it disincentivizes changing between the roster. But realistically, in a platform fighter, you're always going to have a main. It's just True. the live service element that, yeah, perhaps it works against. But it depends but, on the
4: meta develops too. I suppose. Yeah,
3: because people switched as soon as Smash things came out. As soon stuff. as Sora came out, everyone dropped whatever character they had. Doesn't matter how the good they were. they were. Everyone
0: out. everyone dropped them because they wanted to be Sora. Yeah, everyone that was still playing that game after two years. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) one one kind of clever thing it does to sort of circumvent that specific concern is that it gives you these XP boosters on your battle pass Mm. and there's not really any reason to level a character past 15 like they'll keep leveling infinitely but you don't unlock any more like badges or perks or anything Uh, so if you just play a couple characters and you have them well leveled Then you can just hold on to these XP boosters and they're not, they're not like, um, they're not the kind of thing where you get like 10% more XP for an hour or something like that. It just dumps XP. Like it just gives you a couple levels. So if you're holding on to some of those and then Neo comes out, you can just spend all those boosters and just like, okay, he's level nine now.
3: Yeah, that's not. A thing I think I concern that is that is pretty cool. Like, you, like, I suppose that's kind of the rare candies for that Pokemon analogy. Yes, that there. that's
0: that that's what I should have compared it to. <laughs> no, that's fine. That was just <laughs> what I was going on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is in a closed alpha. It was the kind of thing where if you were in, you could invite people, uh, which I hate when they do that shit because then you yeah. just go, you just go on the Reddit and it's just people selling codes and just like. A bunch of gross stuff, um, yeah. So anyway, that ends this, I think Thursday, and then in July seventh, um, so Friday. Okay, and then uh, and then the actual open beta starts in July, and they've said that progress will carry over from that. Point.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they said that, but also when it went from the closed beta to the slightly less closed beta, it did not. So I don't trust them.
0: Right. Yeah.
3: Because I had bought three characters and then they all went away. <laughs> Shit game. So, <laughs> not with real money, I should stress. Just with just with my hard earned time, which is more valuable. That's um, true.
0: Also, Taz, there's no way Taz is coming back in it's kind of state. <laughs> character is ridiculous. If if you I didn't get Taz. to play it, yeah, if you didn't get to play it during this test, it's just... A, Straight You can busted. close your eyes and just spin back and forth across <laughs> the stage. It and it works fun. every time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Complete nonsense character. Um, but most of the other ones feel pretty balanced. I think uh, I I have a lot of fun with Harley Quinn, um, but I think they can I also like them. Harley Quinn. Yeah, I, I appreciate Tom and Jerry the most. I think Tom and Jerry has... Tom and Jerry's whole thing is that they're fighting each other. And yeah, they are like Tom
3: that. and Jerry, which is really cool. They're two in one, not really in the way that ice climbers are. They're distinct from each other. I yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, and they're they're always uh, if if they hit their opponents, it's just collateral damage to them trying to kill each other. Um, that's sort of the theme of their move sets, and it's it's done really well. There's some there's a lot of really clever stuff for that character. Um, but what's what's been your favorite, Jade?
4: Oh gosh. I've played a lot of Wonder Woman or Jake the Dog. I've had quite a lot of fun with. I think it's because they're they're not quite heavy hitters, but they they hit in a way that feels familiar to the characters I love in Smash, like the Fire Emblem ones and stuff like that. I quite enjoyed Velma. Taz is just OP as hell. (laughs) There are some other characters. I'm still getting used to the support ones, I think, so I'm kind of still figuring out that role. In games like this, I always prefer the all-rounders, where I'm capable of doing a lot of stuff like i'm not too heavy mm-hmm. i'm not too light and you're not really playing a specific role you're just sort of trying to clean the house as much as possible yeah but no i'm enjoying this a lot more than i expected especially being so underwhelmed by nick brawl
3: yeah i would say that's quite true for me as well which is probably important for people listening who haven't got a chance to play it i was not sold on this game until i played it yeah um because i think sometimes these platform fighters do get swept away in the Enthusiasm, and we had a couple of people at the site who really loved Nick Brawls, but the fact that it was garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not think this was going to be a very good game, and playing it convinced me, which is not particularly elegant. and I will <laughs> write it better if I review it, but it's probably the best <laughs> content you can pay to a game that it was well, the it was game itself. Be shit. It's not. <laughs> Nobody, because you do sometimes play games where you expect them to be great, and then you play them and they're like, oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, you know, like I, I had that when I reviewed Horizon this year. Like it was no, like there was no real flaws that I would pick out, but I was just expecting, and it didn't get there. Yeah. Oh, it's another. This one This really of those. came out of nowhere. Really, not as good as it's not on that. Certainly not on that level for me. But kind of like the Artful Escape last year when I just kind of played it for whatever, mm. and it became a, this thing that um, I, I found myself really caring
0: about.
4: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: The, it it has such great production value, I think, and the way that the characters interact with each other is really well done. Um, they 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 don't feel like you're just dragging around these corpses like Nick Brawl. Like yeah, <laughs> Jake and Taz have a bunch of interactions that are really funny. Arya and Superman, like Arya is giving Superman a really hard time for hitting a little girl, stuff like that.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, Steals people's faces as well, which I love. Sorry, Jade, but I just, I really love that, that idea, like how cleverly that takes a thing (laughs) in Game of Thrones, takes the idea of a thing in Game of Thrones more than anything else, and uses that to be a really interesting gimmick.
0: They're also doing Echo Fighters in a really cool way. Uh, They're battle pass rewards, and they're just, they're like skins. They call them variants. So, Mm. so Jake has a variant that's cake. And it's not just, uh, he doesn't just look like Cake. They they did full voice lines for Cake. Like, it is a different character, but it just has the exact same movesets as Jake and, and levels the same way as Jake. Like, I think that's a really cool way to get, you know, I'm sure they're going to add Harry Potter, and then they can just do Ron as a variant.
4: Add JK Rowling right? so I can kick the shit out of that. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and, like, probably LeBron will just be a variant of Bugs, of, Maybe if Shaggy, will just instead of pulling a sandwich out of the ground, he'll pull a basketball out of the ground.
3: Need <laughs> to so, get uh, MJ, get both Space Jams in there. Michael, Michael yeah, Jackson, no, well, I mean yeah, Michael I Jankson man, Jankson. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know basketball. Could you
0: imagine that, Michael Jackson? That'd be incredible. Another thing that this game has in common with the new Space Jam: in both this game and that movie, Bugs Bunny dies. So... <laughs> uh okay let's let's move on jade you played the first hour of the quarry right i did yes
4: the this quarry is super massive.
0: yeah from the
4: dark pictures and the until dawn and the quarry was unusual because it's a full-priced game from these guys in the midst of the dark pictures rollout i suppose so it, yeah it felt weird when this was announced and they have some relatively big stars in this. Like they've got Brenda Song, Lance Henriksen, Ariel Winter. Definitely some other people I'm forgetting.
3: Holliston Sage, uh, Ted Ramey, and David Arquette. And Justice Smith, is that his name? Justice Smith? Is he the yeah. detective? detective, detective Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah, that is him. Yeah. I thought
4: yeah. so. <laughs> he phones this in something fierce. <laughs> 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 Fuck, Fuck me. But no, like, yeah. I think that's just how he is, bless him,
3: because he phoned in Jurassic World. Bless him.
4: But yeah, like, I, this is basically Until Dawn 2 is the elevator pitch. Mm. I played the first, I played chapter two and three, so I didn't see the introduction to this one. Mm, interesting.
0: I love that. I, love when I, I, that. I started, we, oh, sorry, carry on. What if we were going to preview a show and they were just like, here's episode six. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Can you imagine?
0: Like, I don't know what's
4: going on. Yeah, tough. That's yeah, pretty much <laughs> how we preview games. It's kind of yeah. incredible. Never considered that. <laughs> but it started off as Brenda Song's character, Caitlin. And she's, mm. after seeing her in like Amphibia and High School Musical, not High School Musical, Sweet Life is Second and Cody. Sweet life, yeah. And like Wendy Wu. In this, she's like... Wendy she, Wu,
3: God, throwback.
4: She feels like the main character. Like she takes no shit from anyone. Like there's an early sequence where it's essentially a tutorial teaching you how to shoot. When you're gapping around this campfire, this jock dude brings in a shotgun and he's like, whoa, look how big my dick is. I've got a shotgun. And she takes it off him. and She's like, give me that pencil dick. You don't know how to shoot a gun. <laughs> and she's like talking shit about this guy. And they take you to a firing range and it teaches you how to shoot, which is it's really cool. Like the mechanics in this feel somewhat more advanced compared to some of the dark pictures and Until Dawn stuff. Maybe it's because I was playing on PC and the frame rate was better and the performance like worked in that favor. But it feels like really nice and tight to control. And I only saw one combat sequence during my preview, which involved a monster, which I'm not allowed to describe. But picture like the <laughs> Wendigos. Picture like you're describing it. We do I'm not able to describe it. No, yeah, it's no. a description. I'm not saying what it looks like. But picture the Wendigos in until dawn, and you're basically halfway there.
0: Because okay. it looks like that. Yeah, basically. You know, they did the exact same thing to me for House of Ashes. And they were like, don't talk about the monsters. And it's the it's most just... generic looking monster, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's
3: just and like The, the, co- the collector's Edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big statue.
4: What they're doing. Yeah, I know, it's proper. They leaked the full game to some of these builds as well. So people have played the whole thing. I suppose it's oh, out okay. in a couple of weeks. But anyway, the second <laughs> chapter was basically these high school dipshits hanging around a fire playing truth or dare and it's very much a way to get into the brains of who these characters are like you can pry into their relationships and ask personal questions and there's one moment where i i don't want to say the slutty girl but like the scene girl like she snogs someone and that creates a dynamic that's gonna
3: that's count. definitely gonna be and sage I'm sorry, Halston, yeah. if you're listening, but I think that's going to be Halston She does that. And she's, she's been like, typecast. And she's like, relax, we're just
4: having some summer fun. You don't need to worry. And I'm like, oh, you're a bitch. But you're meant to think that because it's like Until Dawn. Like, you're meant yeah. to slot these characters into archetypes. And after this like very short camp campfire sequence, it, it very much gets into the horror super quickly, which I'm unsure of this build I played is cutting out scenes.
0: Mm.
4: or it's just showing me vignettes because the pacing seems quite unusual because almost immediately after this campfire sequence, Ariel Winter's character goes for a walk in the forest because she's having a strop because she's like, oh, you've kissed the guy I fancy. She wanders off, and you're walking through this dark wood sequence for a couple of minutes, and then you sit down. Your would-be boyfriend, Nick, shows up. I chose to kiss him, and when you do the monster shows up and kind of just almost kills Nick. And you can choose to save him or run away. And this results in an Until Dawn chase sequence. But they have simplified it, I think, and not in a way that I like because all of the control inputs I used relied on using the analog stick. And you need to flick it in a certain direction the moment the input reaches its apex to Mm. not fall over or to survive, essentially. And mm. this isn't clearly, this isn't clear from the first sequence. So I made a few mistakes because I realised, oh, that's what I meant to do. And I feel like in games like this, if that control method
3: isn't obvious, it's kind of unfair to the player because it doesn't explain it to you. And hmm. you're going to so- be playing... This is the kind of game that a lot of people will play, pass and play with friends who don't necessarily... Yep play video games, and that's how I've played a couple of the House of Ashes games. Yeah. Me um, too. And I, they've, I've kind of said, like, push circle, and I've going which one's circle? I think it's the one with the circle in it, though. Like, I think they've that, tried to, simplify to explain it, that one,
4: but they've done it the wrong way. Because mm. with the dialogue, they've done a fantastic job. Instead of that timer thing that like, Man of Medan had, it's mm. just there's two options on either side of the screen. Like, it might be hopeful or persuasive, and it kind of says, like, gives you a rough idea of what this dialogue option would mean and you can pick one of the two if you run out of time it's like i assume it just randomizes it for you i didn't really check or if you stay quiet and that's really simple because it it lets you shape these characters in a very direct way Mm. and sometimes there's i don't know singular choices like there's some where i can like i could choose to kiss someone and it's a very quick thing or I can choose to dive into the water to save someone or leg it. And it's a quick thing. And those are like, the game describes them as paths. So when you do one of these things, it's like path chosen. like There's no turning back now. And all mm-hmm. of that rubbish. Like like Until Dawn did. And that's effective, but I don't know. I'm excited I, I played... to play the rest of this game. But I'm also like concerned how long it will be or how original its horror will be. Because it's mm-hmm. very by the numbers so far.
3: I mean, it's, it's like Friday the 13th, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
4: I think there's going to be a twist because I came across one of the hillbillies in the trailers and I didn't shoot him and he didn't shoot me. So part of me is thinking, oh, are they not the baddies? Are they like monster hunters? And there's like something it's... deeper at work? Like it's hard to tell.
3: There's always there's always something right, but it's kind of hard to do twists on this because Tugger and Dale and Cavern in the Woods have both done twists on this. Yeah, mm-hmm. So you can't just be a twist on this. You have to be a twist on the twist. You can't be those two either. You have to be something very different to to those. And a lot of these slash horror films have. I'm afraid that the original Friday the Thirteenth is built on a twist. Yeah, and then that twist itself was riffed by Scream, which did different twists on that twist. So there's so many different game, different movies. Sorry, that have taken the basic ideas of horror and have turned them in their own way that I think even doing a twist on the formula is played out at this point because you're right, mm. you now don't expect the obvious bad guy to be the bad guy. But then if they are, you don't really give them credit for that being a twist because you just think, well, I knew it was going to be him, even though if it wasn't yeah. them, you would say, I knew it wasn't going to be them. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Once the Rami you
3: play something so played out, it's done. The Rami Malik twist in Until Dawn, I remember
4: playing Until Dawn in one sitting with my uni flat housemates, and when we found out he was alive and he was tricky, we were off the sofa like, fuck! <laughs> like we <laughs> none of us saw that coming. Are we stupid? Like this is before Ang it was big too. We were like, oh my god, we didn't see that coming. That game did it really well, perhaps better than the dark pictures have ever done that stuff.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like...
3: also a spy less for until tone. By the way, just sorry, sorry everyone. <laughs> also, Bruce Willis is a ghost. <laughs>
0: The, the <laughs> dark pictures games have, uh, there's been three of them now, right? Yes. Yes. And they, they have a real bad habit of being too clever. Uh, the, the twists or whatever, like the, the, the big reveals at the end have na- none of them have, uh, have really landed for me, especially little hope. Um, because if you really think about what what they are trying trying to say was going on in Little Hope, it makes absolutely no sense. I won't I won't do spoilers like Jake because <laughs> I think you should play Little. I still think it's a good game. It's a good mm. it's good horror. It's, I, it,
3: it expects you to jump off your sofa and be surprised. That's that's the the thought process with the development of these games. It does not. Even less than horror films, these aren't supposed to stand up to second watches or second playthroughs. You're supposed to play yeah. it through once, enjoy it, throw your popcorn in the air, and go like, Aah! and <laughs> then not go back to it. That's what these games are for. And I, I we should look at the story, especially when, especially when like House of Atchers is, Let's use the Iraq War as a backdrop mm-hmm. for how humanity, um, always inflicts right. its greatest wounds upon itself. Like you have to interrogate the story when they go. It's set during the Gulf War. Um, <laughs> but I, when when it's just kids running to campfire, I am more willing to just be like, oh, this... your dad works as a Hollywood producer, so you have corpses lying around. Yeah, that tracks. That's a thing that <laughs> happened. Yeah, cool. Yeah,
4: because this feels like it's leaning into cliche because they showed me a preview video before I played, and it's basically some cops and the owners of this, I don't know what it's called, like a camp... The kids are like, we're going to stay another night and enjoy our last summer together. And they're like, no, you can't stay. Like, Bad idea, fam. And that clearly is because the monsters are going to come out. Yeah. And like watching all of that fall apart is quite fascinating. And there's another thing in this where I think they're leaning into cliche very deliberately about every other sen- scene transition. They just play a random fucking indie song. Like, <laughs> it's, it, it's licensed music, but it's like they just, play like a random like chain smokers track.
3: To, like... <laughs> it's gonna be they like, they have to run the campfire like this is our last night and then play it's tonight great. we are young.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's fucking stupid as hell. And but I'm also really curious about this game because Supermassive is treating it as almost like a side thing, but it's being mm. sold full price. It's hard to tell how long it will be. They've clearly got a lot of big actors in it, so I don't know. Maybe there's a twist to this game. They yeah, they seem no to just
3: generally marketing. been going at, like bigger investment. Like actually, Tisdale's like a big name, but there's so many in this one. And then Jesse Buckley's in the next um, real dark pictures one. Like mm. they they are really stepping it up. Like you said, Aaron Malik wasn't that big a name when he was in his and Hidden Planet. He has always been kind of bubbling under. Um, there aren't too many huge stars in this one, but there's so many of those yeah. like middle in names. They pay um, money
4: uh, to get some of these people.
3: I do wonder if they got Jesse Buckley kind of before, maybe it's even before Chernobyl. It'd have been very lucky that she did Chernobyl. <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things and um, The Lost Daughter. But maybe they didn't. Maybe it's, it is a more recent adaptation. They've just gone, yeah, let's go and get somebody really about to make a massive breakthrough and have her be the selling point of the game. It's It'll be interesting to see with the next one whether they're back to kind of, influencers essentially although which is what some of these people are although oh. this is
4: also published by 2k so maybe they approached supermassive and they were like we want an until dawn mm. as opposed to band dynamic episodic stuff so maybe it was a case of we'll, we'll bankroll this because we want it but yeah it's fascinating like i don't know what the full game is going to be because after two hours i really want to play more but it was such like a fractured idea of what this game is. It's, it's mm-hmm. enough of a super horror game, but there's more blanks to be filled in than usual.
0: I, I've played, like I said, I've played all the Dark Pictures games and I still don't really understand the choice system in, in those games. It's still very confusing <laughs> to me. They give you <laughs> adjectives for these characters and it's... I'm not. I, maybe you two understand this better than me. It's you're not. supposed to make choices that align with these characters' core traits, or you're supposed to make better choices to to change them? It, I, this ditches I, all I, that, thank God. I, I I've, thank
3: I've God. always seen it, as you're supposed to make choices that... The, the canon way to play it, if you like, is to make choices that align with their traits, but it gives you the option to deviate from that, either to tell a better story that you kind of want to tell, or... Just kind of, you know, because, um, you and you can kind of deviate, change their nature.
0: If you do deviate from that, then it makes the quick time events harder. It makes it more likely they'll they'll die.
3: Yeah, there there are. Um, there's a bit in Until Dawn actually, where one of the like characters who presented it as quite cowardly. Can either sh- basically shoot themselves or shoot the other person? There's some kind of elaborate reason behind it, but the choice that you make and that really defines how they're seen by the rest of the group. But the- if you go with the choice that suits the character, they almost seems to be a kind of well, that's just what he's like. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just he's just the kind of guy who, if you asked him to save himself by shooting you in the face, he just would. That's just our Barry. You know, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's almost like a kind of. The game expected you to make that choice, so you're rewarded for it. Um, because there's a bit in House of Ashes where you can, like, you basically have to choose whether to save somebody or not, and whatever choice you make, they actually survive because it's about cutting a rope and they fall into. Mm-hmm. But I made the choice that I thought was against my character because I wanted the other character to stay alive because mm-hmm. I was playing as them as well. We got I was playing as two characters in that game because we passed around. And I thought, I don't want my character to die right now, <laughs> so I'm going, to, I'm going to save them. Um, but well, then I looked on the internet afterwards just because I was curious and whatever happens in that, they stay alive and I kind of think should I just commit to playing it, you know, my character's way and kind of yeah, come what may.
4: quarry a- has a <laughs> similar moment where you're given a shotgun by Brenda Song and she very much makes it clear in a line of dialogue she's like, that shotgun has one hell of a spread on it, like wink mm. and then there's a moment where one of the characters be is being dragged off by one of the hillbillies and you're, you can choose to shoot the guy dragging him off or not. And I didn't. And then the guy being dragged off bit the finger of the guy who was dragging him off. And then he just left. Like, he clearly didn't <laughs> want to kill us. And I was like, oh, okay. But also, the guy who escaped was bitten by the monster. So I'm thinking, maybe it's an right. infection thing. Maybe, like, he's going to turn into a monster and we don't know it. That would be fascinating. That would be a cool twist. Like, having to kill the other characters or choosing if you want to kill them, if they're infected, if that's a thing, that'd be cool. But it's, it's hard to tell. Like, I'm excited for this, for this game, but also I'm kind of confused by it.
3: I think horror games are always just up against it because horror films typically are, are much yeah. shorter than uh, you know, traditional movies, if you like. Um, Games by their nature are much, much, much longer than films. Mm. So you have to sustain that level of dread. With a horror film, it's just kind of 90 minutes. I think the Halloween Mm. films are like 90 minutes, 95 minutes. But with a game, your preview alone was two hours. Yeah. Um, And it's hard to sustain that level of kind of constant dread and make it enticing and interesting and fresh Mm. when it needs to last at least 10 hours really to be a worthwhile game these days. So I think that's interesting. To see how they you know balance that.
0: I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Me too. I, I, I think these games have problems, but I always enjoy them. Um, but yeah, I would m- agree. My main concern is this being way too long it, with it being a full price game. I'm
4: worried about being too short, like, full, like, as I said, it feels like some of these scenes have been nipped and tucked with a preview, but it yeah. gets going very quickly. Okay.
0: Well, maybe they're charging for all this talent. They're thinking that they yeah. get all these Yeah, all these gamers they've
4: gotten. We've got Wendy, mm-hmm. we're homecoming warrior,
0: like, in our cast, guys. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk just a little bit about Hard Space Shipbreaker. I don't think... Have either of you played any of Hard Space? I have it on Steam. We
3: we we have not, no. Okay. But so I, just... I will listen to you. Take us to a hard place to talk about
0: Hard Space. <laughs> this is just a me game. Uh so uh I I this this game's really special to me and I never feel like I'm um doing it justice whenever I like write about it or talk about it because it's it's uh it's a game about um workers' rights and um sort of the modern labor movement and Uh, those are obviously like political very important subjects uh that in fact that impact uh, obviously the game industry. We just had Raven QA unionize Mm -hmm. like this week uh, that happened and um, Amazon and Starbucks. And this is a, this is like a big part, at least of um, um, the American work culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so hard spaceship breaker is not made by Americans. It's actually made by Canadians, Uh, but they get it. They, they, they uh, understand what, um, what, these people in, in like uh, the positions in Amazon and stuff are going through. Uh, it is a job simulator about. Actually, uh,
3: no, no, I'll I'll be the host. Let's 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 do this properly. Yeah, Eric, yeah. you you reviewed Heartspace for <laughs> us. You gave it five stars. Yeah. Why don't you tell us oh, what it's you. about and wow. why you gave it that score?
0: Heartspace is a job simulator. Uh, <laughs> you are a uh, a shipbreaker or a cutter. Uh, And you work in a big yard in space. It's surrounded by these big receptacles. One's like a giant furnace. One is a processor. It just takes pieces in. Uh, And one's like a a hold where you put computers in and and it wraps them up and puts them up on an elevator. So you have a spaceship and you're systematically dismantling a spaceship and putting its different pieces in the right Place. The cheap metal goes in the furnace and becomes fuel. The nanocarbon goes in the processor to be recycled. And then all, all the other parts of a spaceship, all of the computers and the steering wheels or whatever, <laughs> what, whatever is inside of the hull of a spaceship goes into the barge and gets reused. And uh, you, your shifts are 15 minutes long. That like, represents a day in the yard. And you're trying to, as efficiently as possible, take a spaceship apart. You've got a cutting tool, which uh, you can use to like, separate beams and cut through walls. And you've got a grappling lasso that you can use to grab objects and fling them in different directions. Uh, and uh, the ships start out really small. Uh, With not that many different parts. And then they get bigger, more elaborate, more complicated, more dangerous too. Um, The bigger ships have reactors uh, that need to be shut down before you can take them out or they'll become unstable and blow up the whole thing, which is pretty spectacular when that happens. Um, But it it takes a lot of practice to learn these ships. And it feels like you have started a new job and you're learning how to do that job. Because this is not a job that exists. Like nobody does shipbreaking. <laughs> um but but and yet it feels like a real job that does exist. And this is how these are all the intricacies of doing this kind of job, and you're a new employee and you're you're learning how to be good at doing that job. So that's sort of the like the text. But then while you, you are settling in and learning how to become a good shipbreaker, there's also this labor movement happening um, in between shifts. And the, and this is because the company you work for, Lynx, uh, doesn't really treat its employees very well. And it's, um, it's hyperbolic in a lot of ways. Um, you are cloned. Basically, before you start your first shift, they do a DNA extraction that does irrevocable damage to your body. Basically, they kill you and clone you.
1: Um,
0: because shipbreaking is very dangerous. Like, reactors blow up and kill you, and they don't want to lose their investment. So every time you die while you're on the job, they just make us, they call them spares, and they just clone you and start over. And uh, people kind of have a problem with that, conceptually, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> the other thing is that, you're uh, you're an indentured servant. To get you Uh into space, um, the the transport, the training, the cloning, uh, it saddles you with a billion dollar debt. It's actually (laughs) 1.25 billion. Um, And then you also have to rent your tools and you have to pay rent for your like habitation ship. So every day that you're cutting, you're you're earning money for the parts that you deposit, but then you have a bill. So not only are you trying to work off this billion-dollar debt, you're also, like, accruing more debt, and it's just, like, you can never break out of it. Like, every ship you break apart is just, like, a spit in the ocean, and it's just... it. it you, you you aren't playing the game to work off the debt because you're never gonna work off the debt. Mm-hmm. So you pretty quickly are playing the game to be good at the job. And then you start to realize that's what I'm doing in my real life too. Aren't
3: <laughs> <I>? <laughs> well, it is worth noting in terms of real life. Cause like for like a lot of truck companies make truckers buy their own trucks or rent their own trucks and pay for them. And like, eventually you own the truck, but you're not going to. And what use is a truck when you're retired from being a trucker? Right. Um, so, I honestly say that this is like a, a satire it's taken to extremes, but it's not actually that far removed from reality. Obviously, the outer space indented servitude, a billion dollar debt is, but having to buy your own tools that you need to do your job, that they are making you do, that is yeah. the reason you're getting paid. That's a very common practice in, in other ways. Um, so that's fascinating, the way that they almost kind of gamif- gamifying the outrage we should all feel that this is a real thing.
0: Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> And so th- this game first launched in early access in 2020, uh, and now it's hit like 1.0. That's why we're talking about it. It's like officially out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so much of, so many of the elements that, of this game that were put in, even as far back as 2020, have happened in real life since then. So for instance, there's this joke about how in your employee manual, there's a 47-page segment about the bathroom break policy. <laughs> this predated the whole Amazon peeing in bottles thing. Like it, it's wow. like one-to-one. And the the chief organizer who's like communicating from your group to the union and trying to organize uh, gets fired in a very similar arc to like Chris Small's story with Amazon. <laughs> and, and none of these things – like there's nothing new – under the sun, like this isn't the first labor movement, obviously, like, we've gone through the Industrial Revolution, like, we're all just sort of repeating the same patterns. Um, And so, uh, you know, the game is pulling from that. And then, so is like, what's happening today is pulling from history, too. But it's why it all feels like the same thing. It's and it's why the game feels so real. Um, The, the union gets or not the union, the company gets wind. Of the union they find out about this like union newsletter and they send a middle manager to come hassle everybody to come try to sniff out organizers and he's a real son of a bitch Uh, (laughs) and you see all the techniques that companies use to bust up unions the 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 intimidation and the coercion and this guy just goes through all of the steps and it's like it's like damn this is like this is pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal to <laughs> to live through it and to think about um you know that like people are going through this every day. Um so anyway, unionize. <laughs> That's the message of the game. Um yeah, so I I always start like rambling and I I don't I don't always have a good uh strategy for talking about this game, but I I think what it does so well is those sort of two pieces is is one it's about your relationship with labor the relationship that we all have with the labor that we perform um both like as employees and just as people spending a third of our lives doing a thing and trying to be good at it you know like the the part of yourself that identifies with the work that you do um it's about that and it's also about um our our relationship with the companies that we work for um and how so many people are are exploited uh, in the work that they do. Uh, and I think it's a I think it's a really important game. I, I mean like I don't think everybody's going to find enjoyment in the shipbreaking. I think it's really cool, it's really well done, and it's a lot of fun to get better at, but I understand like tastes vary, like not every game is for everyone. But I think anyone who has a job will get a lot out of this game, <laughs> which happens to be almost everyone. <laughs> Um. uh, Yeah, I the uh, I f- either next week or the week after we're we're gonna have the director of Heartspace on the show. To oh, cool. Talk more mm-hmm. about it. So very cool. Um. Yeah, look forward to that. It's uh. It's out on Steam. Uh. It's on Game Pass. I probably should have started with that. Always start with. It's yeah. Uh, not it's gonna play. It's not on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. Um. It took me sixty three shit. Or shifts. I thought you were going to say
3: sixty-three hours to beat it. I was like, "This does not seem like that kind of no, game."
0: No, it took <laughs> me. It took me sixty-three shifts. Yeah, I remember because I was like, uh two, two months on you the clock." You were story clocking for, in. Like,
4: oh, I've got to do my hard space <laughs> for the day. Yeah,
0: yeah. Two months of in-game time uh, to finish to completely finish it. Um, there's an interesting side, sort of side thing going on where you're also building your own ship. Uh, So while you're taking ships apart, you're looking for specific pieces Mm. and you can claim Mm. them for yourself and that ruins the salvage. Like it counts against your balance. Is that almost to
4: escape? Is that what you're doing?
0: Yeah, so you can go into business for yourself and Mm. go into the outer colonies with your own ship and get some, become an independent contractor. The dream. <laughs> 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 go freelance. Yeah, go freelance. Okay. Um, yeah. Check out Hardspace on Game Pass. And I think that's it for the week. Um, like I said, we have an interview coming up, but isn't are either of you playing anything for next week that we can mention?
3: Um, no, I have a couple of reviews, but they'll both be embargoed by the time next week rolls around. Am I? So that,
0: I think uh, George is going to come around to talk about that Kangaroo game.
3: Yes, yeah. K- K.O. the Kangaroo. K.O. was talk- spelled with an A. <laughs> so
4: it's not Cal.
3: It's not, no. It's K.O. because he's a boxer.
4: I can talk Destroyer right. Humans to Reprobed next week.
0: Nice. Okay. Um, we're going into our uh, summer game season. Yes. So pretty soon we're going to have the xbox bethesda show we're gonna have the summer games fest show oh my god we're finally gonna find out what the hell games are coming out this year um yep okay cool that's our show for the week then and we'll see you next week